Thanks very much, Tori. Make sure you keep your Bibles open there. Page 976, we're going to continue in God's Word there in Ephesians shortly. I should say Happy New Year. I couldn't say it last week, but Happy New Year to everyone. It's great to see you all this morning. Uh, Like Jackson said, we are continuing a series. It's a bit strange. We normally work our way through a book of the Bible here at St. Thomas's, but we're doing a topical series at the moment, looking at big influences, uh, movements in our society and the people that are shaping them. And today we come to Jordan Peterson and Pelagianism. And you would be forgiven if you didn't know who Jordan Peterson is, and especially if you did not know what Pelagianism is. So let me just spend a few moments kind of clearing us up on that. Pelagianism. Uh, it's named after a, after a British monk named Pelagius, who lived around 400 AD when Britain was actually under Roman rule. And like still, unfortunately, happens today, terrible false teachings came out of Britain back then as well. And Pelagius, and what came to be called Pelagianism, was roundly condemned by the early church. It was a heresy. So if a minister ever calls you a Pelagian, he's calling you a swear word, basically. It's not a good thing. Uh, Because Pelagianism is the belief that you are saved, you make your way to heaven by doing good. You do good works, you go to heaven. Now, Pelagius, he lived more than 1,500 years ago, but his beliefs are still very much alive today. In fact, I would say it is the majority belief of Australians, even though they've never heard of the guy. You walk down the street, you ask a person, how do you get to heaven? And they're very likely to tell you that you get to heaven by doing good works. That's Pelagianism. But the problem with Pelagianism is that none of us are good. That's the whole point about Jesus coming and dying on the cross. If we were good, that would make the cross of Jesus unnecessary. Jesus came to forgive not people who are good, but people who are sinners. And so Christianity isn't about being a good person. It's about being a forgiven person. Now, Jordan Peterson has a kind of updated Pelagianism for the modern world. If you don't know Jordan Peterson, he is a Canadian. Uh, He is a clinical psychologist. He spent most of his life as a clinical psychologist and also as a lecturer. So first of all at Harvard and then at the University of Toronto. He is such an excellent lecturer that when students would finish up their time with them, some of them would break down in tears because they wouldn't get to hear him again. He's that engaging. If you've seen some of his brilliant lectures on YouTube, you understand why. His YouTube channel has racked up more than 670 million views. And these aren't your typical YouTube videos of kittens and puppies. These are multi-hour lectures on complex psychology. I've got a short video of him to give you a taste of what he's like. You know, we have so many people in the world who are lost in ways that are almost unimaginable with their absolutely fragmented identities and they have no meaning in their life and they have no meaning in their life because strangely enough the meaning in your life doesn't emerge as a consequence of your pursuit of your proximal hedonic subjective narrow purely self-serving goals and drives there's nothing in that that's nourishing and there's nothing in that that's nourishing in part because 
unless you can integrate yourself across a large time span, taking care of who you will be in the future, and simultaneously fulfilling your social obligations in a responsible manner. The, none, none of the nothing within the subsidiary structure can operate properly, much less you claim the right to the gratification of your hedonic desires. That's a non-starter. And even if you could do that, you wouldn't find in that the meaning that would sustain you in times of trouble. You find the meaning that, and everyone knows this, you find the meaning that sustains you in trouble when you need, for example, to regard yourself with some some positive attitude in the midst of your stupidity and your suffering, and you can see in yourself the fact that, well, at least you were in service to your wife, at least you had been useful to your children, at least you helped take care of your parents, at least you were of some service to your friends or to your customers, to your business associates, to your nation. You find that meaning in service, and that service is in service of that harmony that makes up the entire Jacob's Ladder that stretches from earth to heaven, and it's always been that way. Well, I, can see, I hope you can see why he's so influential. Like, he's engaging, isn't he? He's passionate. He's really interesting to listen to. And I want you to mark what he said there at the end about Jacob's ladder reaching from earth to heaven, because we're going to come back to that in a little while. But Peterson's best-selling book is called 12 Rules for Life. You may have heard of it. It includes such rules as stand up straight with your shoulders back, and set your house in perfect order before you criticize the world. It's good advice. Uh, actually, a lot of what he says does concord with what the Bible says about how you live a good life. Uh, There's much that is attractive to him. When he toured Australia after his book's release a few years ago, he sold out multiple nights speaking to thousands of people at a time. And he would teach on a different subject every night without notes and he would hold his audiences spellbound. He's, he's a really brilliant man. He has this ability to just fa- focus in like a laser on the truth, and this ability to distill complex facts, statistics, ideas, and present them. Uh, young men have been especially encouraged by Jordan Peterson's challenge to grow up, to take responsibility, You know, we live in a world that says to young men often that they are toxic. uh, And so they retreat into their bedrooms and play video games or watch pornography. We live in a world that tells young men pretty much just maximize your pleasure. But that pleasure ends out being pretty empty and meaningless. And Peterson comes along and says, no, there's something much better here for you. You have duties that are higher than your pleasures. He's showing them things like sacrifice, putting your life in order, making yourself and your society better. And he's saying that will make your life meaningful. And he is having a positive impact. So here's a comment from a YouTube video. It got quite personal. This young guy, he said, I was on a really self-destructive streak until I found Jordan Peterson's lectures. He is a real hero of our time. It's high praise. There, There are many stories of people like that. I personally appreciate Jordan Peterson's authenticity. He is just so concerned about truth-telling. You can see it when he teaches. He's concerned about every single sentence, every single word that he says, making sure it's precise and true as he sees it. He's got a passion for people. He really loves seeing the positive impact he's having on young lives especially. And even though he's not a Christian, or I should say he's not yet a Christian, 
he is drawing many people towards Jesus, perhaps more than any other Christian minister at the moment. If you read 12 Rules for Life, it is replete with Bible quotes. He loves the Bible. He's not a Christian, but he sees the Bible as valuable human wisdom distilled over millennia. He sees it as hard-won wisdom that has worked for generations and helped us survive. And so he says it would be fools to ignore it now, as if we knew better, just because we can, you know, fiddle on an iPhone. Here's a quote from 12 Rules for Life. He says, The Bible is the foundational document of Western civilization, of Western values, Western morality, and Western conceptions of good and evil. He's very positive towards the Bible. Well, he was interviewed by Joe Rogan, and he was almost in tears as he recounted this story when he was walking through the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. And he says, and I quote again, it isn't just that the Bible is true, it's that the Bible is the precondition for the manifestation of truth. That's what he says. That the Bible, it's not just that the Bible is true, it's that the Bible is the precondition for the manifestation of truth. I mean, it's hard to get a non-Christian be more respectful towards the Bible than that. But still, the Bible is not most authoritative in Peterson's life. More authoritative to him are Carl Jung's psychology and Darwinism. And so whereas a genuine Christian would come to Carl Jung's psychology and judge it in light of the Bible, Peterson will come to the Bible and judge it in light of Carl Jung's psychology. But still, you have these people who are listening to Peterson, that they're seeing that he respects the Bible, and so they start to open up the Bible for themselves. And we've just been doing our series in Acts, and we've seen that that's a dangerous thing to start opening up God's Word, haven't we? Because when you start opening up God's Word, that's where the Holy Spirit's working, to bring new life in people. And so these followers of Peterson, they're opening the Word up for themselves, and the Holy Spirit is changing them and drawing many towards Jesus. And so here's another comment from one of Peterson's multi-hour YouTube series. This, this man, he said, This lecture series changed me and my life. I used to be atheistic, but Jordan's take on the significance of the Bible and Christianity brought me back into the light after 10 years astray. Another commenter wrote, It's amazing how Peterson made me pick up the Bible at the age of 23 to read it intentionally with focus, where I have been avoiding it all my life with constant effort from my parents to read it. Like I said, we we should pray that Peterson comes into the light of Jesus like many people who are listening to him are. There's many things we can appreciate about him. But we also need to be aware of the false teachings of Jordan Peterson. I don't say that lightly. Because if we follow what Jordan Peterson is actually teaching, it will lead us away from Christ. And one of the things that is tricky is that he says many things that we think as Christians we can support, but he means something completely different to what we mean by it. So that quote I mentioned before from his interview with Joe Rogan, it isn't just that the Bible is true, it's that the Bible is the precondition for the manifestation of truth. That sounds wonderful. I absolutely affirm that. But he doesn't mean what I mean by it. See, he's talking about the evolution of language, He means that the Bible is the foundational text of the English language. It's more influential on our language than Shakespeare, which means whenever we think, whether we're Christian or not, 
we're thinking in Christian language. We're thinking in biblical categories. He's not saying the Bible is the precondition of truth because it's God's word. He's saying it's the precondition for truth because that's how our language has evolved. Now, there there are many other things like this where Peterson, he sounds really Christian, actually. The most conservative preacher would agree with him. And yet he means something different to what Christians mean by it. And the false teaching we're going to focus on this morning is what is called Jordan Peterson's Pelagianism, or what you could call his Pelagianism. And remember, Pelagianism, it's about working your way, doing good works to enter heaven. And it's tricky here because, once again, Peterson means something different when he talks about heaven to what we mean. As far as I can tell, Peterson does not believe in an afterlife. And so fundamentally for Peterson, heaven is making this world better and hell is making this world worse. At the very foundation of Jordan Peterson's worldview is the reality of suffering. And so he has studied closely and has been quite affected by the evils of the 20th century. You know, Nazism, communism. He's meditated long and hard on those. And he wants to make things less like the hell on earth that they produced. And he thinks if we individually work hard and we sacrifice and if we use technology well and then maybe if we band together as citizens, then we can reach this salvation. That is, we can make this earth better and better, make it more like heaven. Now, you heard in the video clip earlier, he talked about climbing up Jacob's ladder. He doesn't mean literally getting to heaven by climbing the ladder like Pelagianism teaches. He means making the world better by climbing the ladder. So in some ways, Peterson's, it's actually a very truncated form of Pelagianism. At least Pelagius was aiming for heaven. He was aiming for eternal life. Peterson just wants to make life on this earth better. But it's still a kind of self-saving Pelagianism, salvation by doing good. And this is where our Bible reading in Ephesians 2 is so important. I hope you still have that open in front of you. Ephesians 2, make sure you're looking at it, page 976. Is that right? 976, a couple of nods. Yep. Um, Look at Ephesians 2 in front of you. Because we can see in Ephesians 2 that it's abundantly clear that we are not climbing any ladders. Do you see that in verse 1? And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. This is talking about our lives before coming to Christ. And God says here that we are dead. It's not that we're lazy. It's not that we've been playing too many computer games in our mother's basement. Now all we need to do is just stand up straight with our shoulders back, tidy our rooms and get our lives in order. No, without Jesus, we're spiritually dead. And dead people don't have the ability to save themselves. If you keep reading through these verses, our biggest problems are the world, the flesh and the devil. And ultimately, verse 3, that we are by nature children of of wrath. See, on our own, we are totally bankrupt. We can't save ourselves. We can't climb the ladder. You know, the problem with Pelagianism and the problem with Peterson is that they tell us to do good and we'll make it to heaven. The problem is that we aren't good. It's like telling the alcoholic, you know, just stop drinking. It doesn't work because they can't control themselves. We're the same. We might follow Peterson's rules. You know, we might 
make our bed one morning. But in our strength, in our own strength, we'll eventually fail. We'll keep going back to the world, the flesh, and the devil. And the alcoholics, they figured this out. So step one, remember, of Alcoholics Anonymous, admit that you are powerless. Step two, believe that a power greater than yourself can restore you to sanity. Now, I don't like how Alcoholics Anonymous have an anonymous God, but they've got this part right. We are powerless to save ourselves. We need God to do it. The only solution is verse 4. Look at verse 4 with me. But God. There's the answer. It's God who needs to act, not us. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. It's God who makes us alive. It's the resurrection power of Jesus that we need The message of Jordan Peterson is man up to save the world. The message of the Bible is God down to save the world. The message of Jordan Peterson is pull yourself up by your bootstraps. The message of the Bible is Jesus stoops to wash your bootstraps. See, the result of Pelagianism and the result of Peterson will always be either pride, despair, or burnout. If it's about you always doing the right things, and if you think you're doing the right things, you will become prideful. If you know you're not doing the right things, you'll fall into despair. And if you keep on trying to do the right things, you'll get on that mouse wheel that never ends, and you'll burn out. The beauty of the gospel is that God does it all for us. So if you look at Ephesians 2, all we bring in verses 1 to 3 is our sin. And then verse 4 onwards, it's all about what God does for us. Look at verse 4. It's God who makes you alive because he loves you. Verse 6, it's God who raised you up and seated you with Jesus. Verse 8, it is by grace, free gift. It's by grace you've been saved through faith. And and even that faith, it's not your own doing. That's the gift of God. So, verse 9, it's not a result of works. So no one can boast. See, the message of Jordan Peterson is forever working to make the world into heaven. The message of the Bible is that when you trust in Jesus, heaven is given to you. You're loved by the Father and you are secure. It's like our Genesis reading. The way of this world is Babel, working, toiling to make a great name for yourself. God destroys that. And we saw in Genesis 12, he chooses Abraham. What does he say? I will make your name great. That's what we need. We need God to do it. Now, another thing people love about Jordan Peterson is that he is very practical. He'll tell you what to do to put your life in order. And maybe we preachers, we fail to do that. But God doesn't. And God's gospel is so practical. Look at verse 10 with me. It says, we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. See, biblical Christianity, it doesn't deny good works. It doesn't deny that there are good 
and practical things for us to do. What it denies is that we are saved by good works. God saves us, but God is so gracious, he doesn't leave us in our sin. No, he gives us good works to walk in. So the Bible's message to us isn't what Jordan Peterson said in that clip, although it can sound similar. The the Bible's message isn't to sacrifice yourself and do your duty to your wife and family and nation and maybe you can help bring in heaven on earth, climb Jacob's ladder. No, the message of the Bible is that if you trust in Jesus, he is your Jacob's ladder to heaven. You're already saved. You're already loved. Heaven is secure. So now, you are God's workmanship in Christ Jesus and you've been freed from that old way of sin to walk in good works that God has prepared for us. Not because you want to try and climb the ladder. You're already at the top. It's because you're a new creature in Jesus. And this is your new nature. You want to please your Father. It's new life in Jesus that will have the most lasting impact on this earth and into eternity. The final concern I have with Jordan Peterson is the kind of Christianity that it can lead to. So we should be encouraged that there are many genuine believers coming from Jordan Peterson as they open the Bible for themselves. That, that should encourage us. But I fear that many others are being led into a more works-based version of Christianity. And I honestly don't mean to be offensive here, but Eastern Orthodoxy and Roman Catholicism are more works-based versions. Uh, Protestants have often called them semi-Pelagian. They offer traditions, rituals, and disciplines that they say will bring you closer to God. But I would argue, if you understand these consistently, just like Pelagianism, they rob from the finished work of Jesus on the cross that perfectly saves us. As soon as you add something to the grace of God to save you, you rob from the gospel. And there are quite a number of followers of Jordan Peterson who are converting into Roman Catholicism and Eastern Orthodoxy because they actually fit closer to his teachings. But Pelagianism, of all stripes, is a real danger to our souls. So I hope that everyone here, if you're asked, how do you get to heaven? I hope, I pray, that you wouldn't answer, I try to be good. I'm doing my best. I'm trying to bring about heaven on earth through the good works that I do, the duties I perform. I hope when you're asked, why should you go to heaven? You say, Jesus. Only Jesus. He's my only hope. He's the only way I'm going to be forgiven. He's the only way I can go to heaven. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we do thank you and praise you for the Lord Jesus. We need him desperately. We are sinners who need that perfect saviour. We thank you that he willingly gave himself for us and for our forgiveness. And Father, we pray you would protect us from any kind of notion that we are saved, that we get to heaven by our good works. And Father, we also pray that you, by your Holy Spirit, by now being one with Jesus, you would transform us as the new creatures we are to 
walk in the good works which you've prepared for us, not to gain heaven, but because we already have it in Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.